Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Adoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I preview the season, the NFL season. Last week we broke down the Texans-Chiefs uh, matchup. So now we're going to go in a little bit more deeper dive on the Chiefs season as a whole. Uh, mm-hmm. And Joe, so this is – I'm curious for your thoughts. Um, I really think the Chiefs are the best team. Um, I think in a situation – where you have so many so many unknowns with the, the pandemic and also no offseason and that the the fact they return 18 to 22 mm-hmm. starters i mean i think they are so well prepared uh for a super bowl title but i'm actually going to say i think the chiefs win multiple super bowl titles i think mahomes my prediction is going to win three super bowls that's my prediction okay okay i don't think they repeat this year just only reason I'm saying that, I think it's so tough, and I think the AFC has gotten a lot tougher. Their division's gotten tougher. Uh, the, the Broncos did lose, sounds like Von Miller, for uh, the foreseeable future, but I think the AFC, the Ravens, the, the Steelers, the Colts, the Titans even got tougher with Clowney. So that's – sorry, Chiefs fans. That, that's my prediction. I still predict a, a fifth straight AFC West title, which it would be amazing – Joe, how do you see the season shaking out? Jeff, you know, it's those are all great points. There's so many unknowns. I think I have to agree with you. The strength that the Chiefs have going into this season is the fact that they have all these players coming back with no preseason, right? So when you look at the teams that were adding on and piling on, whether it was through the draft or through free agency, you know, new players coming onto their teams, the Chiefs absolutely have an advantage keeping as many players as they did through the offseason that are going to be playing together. I, I think that that alone is enough for me to say, I, while they may not win the Super Bowl, it gives them the best chance to at least get out to a fast start. Mm-hmm. You know, winning the Super Bowl, look, we, just looking at it statistically, as great and as dynasty-like as some of those Patriots teams were very, very, very few repeats, right? And there hasn't been one since... Uh, 0-3, right? Right, refresh my memory, right? So it's been a really long time since that's happened. And you're talking about some really good, and I'm, I'm doing air quotes here for our fans, is, is uh, you know, uh, dynasties, right? There's, there's been some dynasties. And, and it's really hard. It's, let, let's, let's sort of just factor out the fact, let's not say it's a 1-32 in 32 chance of winning the Super Bowl for the Chiefs because, you know, there are just some teams you know that don't even have a shot, right? And they hate to say that about a team in the NFL. Right. But let's at least call it a 1-10, in 10, right? You've got 10, at least 10, maybe 15 really solid contenders every year to at least make that deep run. So, you know, those odds are tough, man, because any given Sunday, you never know what can happen, right? You think about the ball bouncing one different way for the Chiefs during that playoff run, and everything, you know, is different, right? And so to be able to repeat is really tough. I think they have an incredible chance of doing it based on some of the stuff that you had said about who they're bringing back, um, and, and, but also the fact that other teams 
weren't just sitting by idly waiting for the Chiefs to repeat. They were out making moves to make themselves stronger. I have to say the, the craziest thing when I looked at the schedule, Jeff, was seeing a team on there from Las Vegas. Like that, <laughs> like I was, you know, doing my research and I like pulled up, you know, one of the websites to get a nice concise schedule view so we could look and analyze some of the teams that they have to play. And to see the word Las Vegas for the on an NFL schedule blew my mind. I was like, wow, like that was just bizarre to see. Um, but that's going to be interesting. Um, that's going to take some getting used to the Las to- Vegas Raiders. For totally, sure. totally. But I, 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 it's really hard to make a prediction, Jeff, if somebody's going to repeat the Super Bowl. I think they have a great chance to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to be safe and say that. I think they have the best chance, but you, you know, you never know, right? You never know what can happen um, during the season as things start to progress. And speaking of Vegas, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Uh, and nobody's better at getting in on the action than Joe, who's actually banned from his uh, office pool uh, in, in the past. We'll get into that. But from game spreads and totals, the team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well, it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag, and then sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, Joe, I, I do what we'll mention your, your office uh, heroics, but uh, another point about as we're looking toward this season that I think it's important for fans to remember is the different playoff structure. Um, Home field may not mean nearly as much this year with, you know, there might not be fans at any point, or if so, it might just be limited like it is at Arrowhead for um, the opener against the Texans. But there's a different structure. There's three wild cards, and there's only one team that gets the outright home field advantage by. And I think the last two years, just how much it has helped the Chiefs, they've only had to play four, four games, you know, to get to the Super Bowl. It certainly helped them last year. Whoever gets that home field is really going to, with that one uh, outright buy, that, that's really going to be an edge for whoever, if it's the Chiefs, it's the Ravens, it's Steelers, somebody else we're not even mentioning. So, Yeah, and I, I think, you know, again, Jeff, there's, there's always a, like with this whole COVID thing, there's always a contradictory uh, approach, right? Because while, yes, the home field is, is down to one, does home field really mean anything this year, right? Like, does it, I mean, of course, look, there's a lot of intangibles to home field advantage, right? The travel, you don't have to get on planes, you're not missing your family, you get out of a routine. Like, there's a reason why home field is, you know, you look statistically, home field is is always an advantage for, for wins and things like that. But for an actual game day, game time, Home field is like, ah, what's it really matter at this point, right? When, when you don't have 80,000 crazed Kansas City Chiefs fans getting in a quarterback's head where the left tackle and the right tackle can't even hear, you know, they can't even hear themselves breathing. You know, if you lose that, you lose a big edge. And, and I think that has, a, that has probably, if you were to weight all of the factors, I think to me that is the biggest factor. Granted, again, travel, missing your family, doing, getting out of your routine and doing all those things is tough when you have to go on the road. But 
we're also at the same time seeing that real true physical home field advantage. It's going to be, that's going to be hard to replace. Um, so I think it kind of balances itself out. I really do, Jeff. I, I just, I think it's, it's not going to be uh, home field is not going to be as big a factor this year uh, as it has been in the past. You know, that's a great point. Give us the player's perspective. Obviously we know yeah. that, that advantage of having the loud fans and getting the team to jump offside is not there. But as a player, I mean, what kind of edge or is there an edge of just being in your home stadium, your own routine, you get to see your family? How much of an edge did that give you? Or was it really not much of an edge, that versus the road? No, I think I think it's a huge edge. You know, you know, look, it's a, this a physical sport, right? And and you, your body has to perform at its at its best. You know, think about think about traveling, right? Sleeping in a strange bed, sleeping in a hotel. You know, that first night, how you really kind of just getting used to surroundings. You wake up and you're in a different place and a diff, different sounds and different things like that. That means something, you know. If you're not used to, you know, sleeping in your own bed, and all of a sudden you're you're in a hotel, you're eating foods that are probably a little bit different than you've been eating all week, mm-hmm. or for the most times when you're at home, um, you know, Coach Reed. I'm sure all the NFL coaches try to get as much consistency as possible. We always ate the same foods on the road, so we always had, you know, we always did our protein, you know, the night before. We did some carbs the day of. It was pretty much dependent on the time of the game. It was really the same food, so at least. The coaches and the trainers and all everybody, dietitians, everybody are trying to get some consistency in there, but it's still not your food, right? It's still not the things that you're used to, to eating six out of the seven days. And if you have a home game, seven out of the seven days, um, you know, you're not used to your bed. You're not, you're, you're, you're changing your wake up times. You know, you're, um, you know, you have to travel, you have to get on a bus and drive 45 minutes, an hour, half an hour, whatever to the stadium. Uh, on a bus and it just it just throws your whole routine off you know when when you when you go on the road and I think there's little tiny things chip away at your physical preparedness and your even your mental preparedness now I think there's a lot of players who thrive on away games I think they enjoy the oh. going into another stadium and being booed and you know kind of acts as some motivation and so I know there's a handful of players that actually enjoy traveling more especially for the ones that maybe had small kids or, you know, they, they had some distractions at home. So, you know, you go on the road and you're really zeroed in, you're really focused. So um, I know there was actually some players um, when I was playing that um, if, if anybody, you know, is listening in Kansas city remembers the Adams Mark hotel that was across the street from the stadium, right? A lot of players would go stay there the night before a game and, right. and they would just, you know, treat it like almost like an away game just to get, you know, you know, if you have young kids or, you know, you just want, you just want some quiet, you know, maybe you yeah. live in a louder neighborhood or whatever. And, um, you know, there were some players that actually treated home games like road games. Marty didn't require it. He was obviously very businesslike as far as not disrupting routines, but, but there were players that did that. Uh, yeah. So yeah. It, there's a lot, there's a lot to games, it. You know, when I was with the, uh, the Packers interning for them, even home games, they actually, the guys stayed at a hotel, uh, the night before. I don't know if they, this is under, uh, actually Mike Sherman. So I don't know if that has changed, but you know. Just- yeah, there are definitely two camps and, and people in that coaches and, and management in those camps that, that decide they're going to, they're going to get players away from all of those distractions. You can control bedtimes, you can control meeting times, you know, you can keep people mm-hmm. players focused. So, you know, there's so many philosophies, uh, so many thoughts go into it and trying to be physically prepared for those games. But 
I'll tell you, when the adrenaline gets going on game day and, 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 and the ball, you hear the sound of that leather off a kicker's foot, you know, on the opening kickoff, a lot of that stuff goes away. Uh, you're going on pure adrenaline. And that's where I think the noise factor comes in. That's where I think the home field factor really comes in. You can, you can, and I'm going to use this term just like, I don't even know if it's a verb, but you can adrenaline away all of the tiredness and all of the lack of sleep in a hotel and the bad food that you might get at a hotel, you know, whatever uh, on a road game. But man, you can't adrenaline away the sound. You can't, you, you, that feeling of being disadvantaged, you know, um, we tried so many different techniques when I was playing. I mean, and I know they're still trying. We, we actually experimented with earpieces. Um, the NFL allowed the chiefs to be part of a pilot test where they gave us these fitted earpieces. Uh, you know, we piloted the microphone by the, by the quarterback. Um, you know, the quarterback would wear a microphone on, on his breastplate of his shoulder pad and the offensive lineman could have a small microphone in their ear. Um, we got to, we got to pilot that during the, during a preseason. I remember that being very distracting, um, you know, holding, you watch tackle. Sometimes they'll hold the guard's hand or put their hand on their hip. So as soon as they feel the movement, then they, they know to move. Um, because you can't always just go on the, if you go on the movement of the defensive player, you're behind a step from, from the get go. Uh, you know, we had, I remember Tim Grunhard, uh, used to do, we called it center snap mm -hmm. where the center actually called the snap count. You know, he would say green 85, green 85, hot, hot. So like the center was the quarterback at that point. And then he, because the quarterback doesn't really care. He's just waiting for the ball to come. Right. And the wide receivers are just watching the ball. And we could always hear Tim yelling. Uh -huh. um, we tried that. I mean, we've, we tried the timing where it was just, we, we would count in our heads two seconds um, after the center raised his head. So many little things. If you watch a game, you'll see what is all this crazy communication going on out there. And it's all because of the darn noise. And it, you know, it really throws you off. Wow, that great insight, Joe. But the most important question here, um, you said you always had on the road the same meal the night before the game and the morning of the game. What were those two meals? Uh, we always had like a, a, like a broiled chicken uh, the night before. Uh, so Coach Schottenham always had, uh, you know, it was like uh, just like grill, grilled chicken, basically, uh -huh. like a chicken breast, no bone. Um, we had that and always pasta. There was always some sort of carb, carbohydrate. Carb, right. And then in the mornings, um, you know, we would do very dry eggs, uh, baked like potatoes, um, not like greasy hash browns or anything like that. So if it was like an early, like a one o'clock game, you know, we generally had to be at the stadium by, you know, 930, 10 o'clock. So you were eating breakfast at that point. So there would be, oh, and there was always gr grilled chicken. Like if you, anybody, every meal was grilled chicken. There was always a little bit of pasta, no matter if it was nine o'clock in the morning. And then we did uh, for early games, like one o'clock games, noon games, we would always do a little bit of a, of a breakfast type food. Um, and I remember French toast was, was one of the, one of the staples, my own personal, I had my own routine for home games. If we played an early game, let's call it noon or one o'clock. Um, I always ate breakfast at home and I always mm. had French toast. That was it. Just French toast, just straight up, no sides, no bacon, nothing. Just, just, just a pile of French toast, uh, lightly syruped, a little bit of butter. That was my home. That was my early game. My afternoon game, of course, being a good Italian kid was pasta. So if we, <laughs> if we, uh, if we had a four o'clock game or a night game, 
Um, I would do a little bit of pasta light on light on the, well in Philadelphia, we call it gravy, but that's a whole debate that we have on the East coast. Is it sauce or is it gravy? <laughs> even though, even though it's all red sauce, uh, I would do just a light, you know, light pasta and some, you know, some bread roll, a nice roll or something like that. And that was my evening after late afternoon, uh, pregame meal at home. So that was, that was my routine. There you have it, folks. There you go. <laughs> Breakfast of champions and then how to recover uh, from the Mar- in the Marty Ball days. Uh, Joe, we've talked about you know, some of the changes this year in the, in the playoff structure and also the home, home field environments. Another interesting one that really uh, uh, we paid attention to this past week as the Chiefs finalized their roster is how the practice squad has changed. Now, it was already going to expand from 10 to 12 players because of the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, But then the practice squad roster was able to expand to 16 because of the COVID-19 pandemic. They knew that, you know, rosters would have to be bigger uh, and more fluid in case of uh, positive tests. Uh, But what's also interesting is how the composition of the practice squad has changed that it used to be oh they were just all undrafted free agents rookie guys but there's now more veterans uh on it that you can have a maximum of six veterans you know josh roshan is on the buccaneers Mm -hmm. the chiefs you have guys like matt moore who's you know 30 uh 36 and led them to several wins last year you have andre washington who's played 55 games uh in the nfl at running back uh, what what are your thoughts as a former player on how this structure has changed? Is it good? And, you know, just your general thoughts. I think it's great, Jeff. I can't believe that NFL, you know, look, we, we all know the NFL does pretty good, pretty well for itself, right? Financially. And, 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 you know, when you can, when you can dish out deals like they're dishing out now for some of the marquee players, you know, that teams are making money, right? I know it's going to, you know, everybody's tightening their belts a little bit this year because of the stadium revenues and concessions and all that stuff. But that, for the most part, let's, let's be honest, the NFL makes money. And I can't believe for the amount of money that, that, that would go into or that will go into the practice squad. When you think about the players, that, what they're making, right? Even, you know, even season backups now getting multi-million dollar contracts, right? I can't believe that they didn't always have more and want to have and push for more practice squad players to keep those players from getting hurt at practice, uh, from keeping, you know, to keep them fresh for games and to have a veteran experience, right? And not just have a bunch of rookies and first year players out there. I mean, I know back when I was playing, I think the rule was you could only be on a practice squad for three seasons and then, then you were kind of done. Like you couldn't even be on a practice squad. Cade McNown's a great example. If fans are familiar with the, you know, for the Eagles last year, he came in and played his fifth, I think 15 year veteran. Josh McCown. Josh McCown. Josh, Josh McCown. Uh, adjustment down he you know he um you know he's on the practice squad for the eagles guess what he's living in texas he's not even he's not even there he's just there because they won his rights because they know last year he stepped in and was able to you know make some plays so you know that's a very unique and interesting thing it's almost like he's he's become a mercenary really at that (laughs) point right um you know i've always thought that they should have more players on the practice squad 
it just builds team chemistry. It keeps, you know, it keeps everybody fresh. Um, it allows players to go hard against, um, we talked about brother-in-lawing last Right, right. right. And you can't brother-in-law with somebody on a practice squad because they're going to go hard and they're going to try to make you better. Um, I, I just, I've always thought that they should expand that for the amount of money that the NFL makes and has um, also to give players a chance to develop you know, and almost create a minor league system embedded within the team, right? Rather than just having these, these guys sit at home waiting for a call to join a practice squad. I coached a player in high school. Um, his name is Brandon Hittner, and, and he went to Villanova and had a fantastic career. You know, FCS, Division One AA school. He's 6'6". He's, you know, 310 pounds. He's a monster. You know, he played at a small school, so, you know, he's trying to make a roster, and he's been, he's been bouncing around from practice squad to practice squad. This was huge for him, you know, to, to be able to shine on, on the Colts practice squad uh, and, and, and be able to see. So, you know, I, we've talked, and he just – he is so appreciated opportunity, and it's allowed him to develop, right? So it's almost like they're creating a minor league within, within the teams, uh, embedded within the teams. So um, I think it's a great thing. I think fans should support it. I think the NFL should support it. I think they should keep it exactly the way it is, COVID or no COVID. You know, and great point. And I figured, Joe, you know, the more jobs you have, the, the better it is. Just the more football players can be employed. You know, it's, it's not like uh, basketball where you have uh, a lot of international leagues or, uh, you know, even baseball has the minor leagues. So there's some compensation issues in the minor leagues. But I figured the more jobs you can get for NFL players, the better. And yes, you, I know you do have the CFL and stuff, but still the more NFL jobs you can have for the players. That's, that's a good thing. I would think. Totally. Totally agree with you, Jeff. I, I'm glad you brought up the Joshua Cowan thing because that, and that's really cool. Like him being in uh, Texas. So he's making $200,000 a year yeah. and he's basically, he gets to stay home with his family. And it's just in case something with COVID or an injury mm-hmm. uh, strikes with uh, Sudfeld, Carson Wentz, or Jalen Hurts, who they now have. Uh, so he participates in the Zoom meetings, you know, during the mm-hmm. week. And then he just, uh, you know, works out on the zone a little bit. Talk about a win-win for both parties. The Eagles get a very steady veteran leader in case something happens. And he gets to, you know, still be with his family, but also kind of check in and be part of a team, you know, and, but stay at home. That You know, he can do the – he can be in his pajamas. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all week. Exactly, Jeff. We are in uncharted territory, man, I'll tell you, with this, with this right? And, and teams are taking advantage of technology. They're taking advantage of the system uh, and what they're building. And I, like you said, I think it's a great thing. I really do. I think it's so cool that, that uh, you get a veteran like that to be able to, um, to be a part of a squad. And you know the team appreciates it, right? It's got to be cool to have him dialing in and checking in and knowing that uh, if something happens with one of those QBs, they got somebody in the wings that they have the rights to. So I think it's really cool. I, I'm, I'm happy to see the NFL doing this. My only wish is, is that it sticks and that they keep this uh, same type of practice squad arrangement going forward, even when uh, we get through all this uh, pandemic. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, it's very interesting for the Chiefs when you look at their practice squad. I mean, they have two really, Matt Moore did such a great job last year we're talking about McCown, uh, more kind of similar, a little bit younger. I mean, he he did great. He won that huge Vikings game, which we're talking about playoff seeding. That was huge against a very good Vikings team. Jordan Tamu, who was kind of the XFL star, he could have a future somewhere in the league. So it's will be in- interesting to see. Uh, talk about futures, though, Joe. You were great at predicting 
the future is so great. You know, we're talking about our bet online <laughs> sponsors. You were banned for your uh, from your old office. We'll give this as right now. People are not only getting ready for the Chiefs opener; they're getting ready for their fantasy season. We're getting ready for our Believe Podcast Survivor pools. So tell us. Uh, yeah. Break us down what it was like here. I, I, I don't want to brag, Jeff. Uh, I've actually been banned from two separate uh, betting, we'll call them betting issues. Uh, I, was banned, <laughs> I was banned from my brother's uh, fantasy football league. Uh, I won that two years in a row, and they were like, look, they, I guess they felt like I had too much inside information. It wasn't like I was calling you know, coaches up that I know and be like, hey, who's <laughs> playing? You know, everybody thought I had some inside track. I think I just got really lucky. Uh, and I also got banned from a survivor pool at work um, that we're doing. And, and you, know, you and I, before we started recording, you know, we were talking about how our, our Believe podcast uh, co-hosts and all the hosts from around the country from all our different Believe podcast network uh, uh, you know, uh, groups that are out there, uh, we're going to do our own little survivor pool, which is a really tough one to be a part of all these prognosticators and people who are looking at all this stuff every day. I'm, I'm afraid that's going to be a tough one to win. Uh, we're, we're set up to fail there, but, uh, yeah, so we had one at work and, um, it was, it was a survivor pool that was a very unique one. If any fans would ever want to try this one, uh, rather than having, you know, if you pick the wrong team getting eliminated, which is always, always stinks, especially if there's like an upset in the first week and you get knocked out, you know, and you're like, ah, oh, I just spent 10 bucks or whatever to be in this pool and I don't even get to participate. So we, what we did is you were in it for the whole season and, uh, we stopped after the playoffs, obviously. Um, but what we did is, um, or I'm sorry, we stopped right before the playoffs. What we did is we allowed you to pick any team you wanted any week. So you didn't have to keep track of, did I pick the cheese? Did I pick this team? Did I pick that team? You got to pick any team you wanted. You submitted it by, you know, noon on Thursday. And what you did is you picked the team that you thought was going to have the biggest spread margin of win. So let's say, for example, Chiefs Texans. And I, I think the Chiefs are going to win big. I picked the Chiefs this week. They're the biggest, you know, if they're the biggest favorite, and then let's say they win by 20, then I would get 20 points. And that would go into my column. If you pick, if I picked Buffalo and I thought they were going to win because they were the big favorite, there's a big upset. They lose by 20. I get 20 points taken off of my cumulative score as it builds up throughout the season. So it was really fun because it kept everybody interested and involved throughout the season. Usually, you, you know, we would get to around week 12 and there was always some folks that were so out of it, even if they picked all the best upsets, they weren't going to be able to catch up, but at least it kept everybody in it. And that was a fun survivor pool. I got banned from that one at work because they thought I had too much inside information, you know, and, and I was like, guys, I don't call coaches. I just, I just read the papers and I watch ESPN and I follow football and you know do our podcasts. Like, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not calling up Coach Reed and asking him, you know, if uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to sit out this week or not. So, <laughs> I guess they thought I had some kind of in, inside information. Maybe, you know, again, it was just, it was just luck. But yeah, so I, I'm, I'm excited to do this one because we're, we're in this one with a lot of really skilled prognosticators uh, with our Believe podcast folks. So. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to be back into a pool where I can, uh, you know, compete. Well, and I can vouch, not only does that previous history attest to your ability to predict scores and, and who wins, but on the Believe, our Believe in Chiefs podcast here, you've been pretty accurate. I think since we uh, started this about halfway through last year, I think you nailed every game and just about every margin, I think, that we had. I think maybe you didn't predict the 
Titans loss, we were all surprised during the regular season when it yeah. was kind of the, the last loss. Other than that, I think you were dead on accurate. Yeah, it's, you know, it's fun to, you know, it's really fun to, you know, look at this stuff and, and to think about what's going to happen, you know, and take it right down to the wire. It, it's, you know, looking at the injury reports and figuring out the strategies and who did what against what kind of offense, uh, you know, what kind of defense. So it's just fun. It's fun to, that's, I think that's the, the power of sports. It's the, the fun thing looking at all the analytics that are out there now. It's just, uh, it, it just gives everybody a chance to, um to make accurate uh, and more, more informed decisions, right. Than it used to be. Um, you know, you got so much to look at. I, and I think, I think Jeff, that this is going to be a really good season for the chiefs. I know you had, you and I had talked about starting to make some predictions since we kind of already talked about the Texans and what we think and, and looking forward to the whole season. You know, I, if I, I had to make a prediction right now, look, there's a lot of variables, uh, how long this thing goes and, 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 you know, players that are out because of sickness. But I think if I were to make in, in a bubble, right, not to use that, no pun intended, but to make a decision inside this bubble, I would say the Chiefs this year go 13-3. and three. You know, I, I, it's, it's really hard to, to lose only two games and to go 14-4. and four. Could they? Possibly. Uh, but I think this team, again, in a bubble, everybody stays healthy, right? That's the two-day this team stays healthy throughout the season. I think they go 13 and three. I think looking up and down their schedule at the teams, at least on this schedule. Now, granted, you're going to get to the playoffs. We're going to see some, we're going to see some things. I think that New Orleans game in, in late December is going to be a fantastic game. You know, uh, you know, if Patrick and Drew Brees stay healthy, um, you know, it just this Texans game with Deshaun. I mean, just seeing how this game goes is going to be interesting. Um, but I would say today, if I had to make a guess, maybe I'll have a different prediction after watching this team play against the Texans. Um, but if I were to, to make that prediction today, I'd say this team goes 13 and three. Regular I'm going, Joe, I'm going 12 and four. I'm saying they lose to the Ravens bills and either the, maybe the saints, either the saints uh, in one AFC West team, whether that's uh, the Raiders chargers, mm-hmm. I thought they've, just dominated the Broncos. And I thought they would lose to the Broncos once this year, but the Von Miller, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, his recent injury that might sideline him for the season, jeez, uh, that's a real hit to them. So I, I'm thinking four losses, either the Saints or if they defeat the Saints, uh, then two AF, AFC West teams. But, uh, yeah, I think we both – we certainly both like their chances to, to have a great season, whether that results in a uh, – a back-to-back Super Bowl run and, and running it back as they've made their mantra. Yeah, definitely, Jeff. I, I Here's my fear with a loss to Baltimore and New Orleans. Um, I You're right. It's tough to run the table in the AFC West, just given the rivalries, you know, yeah. given so, some of the newness, you know, with, with the Raiders now in Vegas. Um, I, my fear is if they lose those games, I worry about them in the playoffs. You know, because those those are the games, right? You talked about the games. I think this Texans game is one of the games. Even though they're highly favored, you know, Texans still have a lot of power. They played them in the playoffs really well last year. Um, you know, you look at uh, Baltimore is the other team. Buffalo, um, you know, New Orleans. If they lose all of those games, you just got to wonder – who you know who are they who are they beating then in the playoffs you know so they 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 need to they need to show up in those games um but i think they will lose an afc west game it's just 
it's, it's tough to run the table in the AFC West. I think it's they've each team has done a little bit something to make themselves more competitive. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm excited to also see that Miami game and how that gets played out in Miami, right? After what the Dolphins, the favor that they handed them on a silver platter, uh, you know, maybe that's a team that's you know that that could that could shock them you know, the way they shocked uh, the Patriots late in the season. So it, it's, 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 that's why I think they go 13 and three, because I think they're going to win some of these big games. They, they're probably going to lose one or two games that they should win, but I'm okay with that. Right. I'm, I'm almost okay with them losing a game that they should win rather than losing a couple of these games that are going to be indicative of what happens in the playoffs right to protect that playoff seating no that mm-hmm. makes a, a lot of sense well listen i can't wait I, I'm, I'm so pumped so can't believe we're a day away it's unbelievable unbelievable for sure well if you enjoyed this show please subscribe and rate the show on itunes we're available on your favorite directories itunes spotify google play Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And uh, one last note, we'll be here all season. Uh, the off season, we've been uh, uh, posting, uploading our uh, pod here on Thursday. We're going to try to do Wednesday a little bit more uh, timely. So uh, tune in on Wednesdays uh, this season. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.